podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Here, we love talking about everything Batman. The BatmanUniverse.net has news, original content, and reviews about Batman comics, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. Check out the BatmanUniverse.net and join our Discord server to start chatting with fellow fans. We can't wait to talk to you guys. Also, visit our Patreon page and join our other awesome supporters. But enough of this nonsense. On with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now... The Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hey, Bat fans, you're listening to another episode of the Batman Universe podcast. We're back for another week. This week, um, of course, is your host, Scott, and DJ is with me as well. This week is going to be our Halloween-themed episode, where we're going to talk a lot about Batman's master of fear, Scarecrow. Um, So that'll be our inaugural Halloween discussion. We're going to cover a lot with this character because it's kind of an under, he's kind of an undersung character that doesn't get a lot of play and maybe for good reason. Who knows? BJ may totally hate him while I, you know, have an affinity for the character, but we will find out. Ahead of that, though, we do have a couple of topics, just some quick movie news we'll jump into shortly, you know, but as usual, we have our let's kick some icebreaker. And this week, we're going to talk about. Batman video games. And so, BJ, I'm going to throw it over to you in a second, but are you a big Batman gamer? And if so, do you have any particular favorite gaming memories? Yes, I am a big, big gamer for uh, Batman video games. Any Batman game that comes out, I try to get it. I really only play like Batman games or like Madden and 2K basically when I have the time to play video games. So favorite memories, um, I feel it's too easy to kind of go off the Arkham games. Like those are kind of uh, those like number one seeds uh, for any Batman video game discussion. But I remember a while ago, me and you were talking about the Batman Returns game for Super Nintendo. uh, And I had that game and I could never get past like those opening levels, but those like those first opening levels with the attack on Gotham. Like I had vivid memories of like always playing that level in that game. So I, I remember we, me and you used to kind of talk about it, go back and forth. I can still hear the clown, like with the big skull driving by on the motorcycle and like that laugh still burned in my brain. It's funny you say that. Cause that was also going to be my pick is the Batman Returns Super Nintendo game. And um... minds think of like, yeah, and a week ago, I got served uh, an account. I can't remember what social media platform it was. It was a, it was a suggested account to follow, and 
it was some gamer. I think they just streamed gaming clips and they had Batman Returns. And so I was watching it, I want to say, for like a solid 10 minutes. And it was the opening levels. And then yeah. uh, the video cut and showed the final boss fight which Peng- with Penguin, which I never got to. But yeah, no, I, I can hear that motorcycle yeah. sound too. Yes, like, yeah. But yeah, that, I mean, obviously the Arkham games are great. No one's going <laughs> to... Yeah, to go on the opposite end of like bad Batman games. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever played um Batman Dark Tomorrow. Have you ever heard of that game? I've heard of it and I did not get it um for whatever reason, but I did read some really scathing reviews. Yes, I can back those up. I, I had that game and it came with like when you open the game, it came in like it had like obviously like all the gamer credits and like stuff to do but it came with like a little mini comic so i was like oh my god this is this game's gonna be amazing right it comes with a comic book and i remember playing it and i don't i didn't get through much of it because it was all the reviews like believe those reviews like it was it was pretty terrible that was gamecube right uh i think i had i think i had it for xbox Hmm. that's why i had it for and that actually reminds me, the yeah. one game I should be talking about um, that I did not mention, and my brother, if he listens to this, will probably hate me for it, but because we both played it a lot, it was Batman Vengeance on PS2. Yes, yes. And that was, that uh, yeah. for people who don't know what that is, it's um, it got the voice cast from Batman the Anime Series. It was kind of like an extra story in, in that world. You had Mark Hamill, you had Kevin Conroy. You know, Mr. Freeze was in it, and it was just a really cool overarching narrative where you got to fight a lot of his classic rogues. And there was kind of a cool animation that looked a lot like season four of the cartoon. And it's actually not the only um, Batman animated series inspired video game. There was one called Batman and Robin on Sega CD, which has cartoon clips you can watch on YouTube kind of the same deal except obviously it's a side scroller not 3 and then there was a sequel to vengeance called rise of sun Tzu, which they advertise as this like you know set in the animated universe but like they were making a brand new character called sun Tzu, who was basically just a guy <laughs> a martial arts guy and it was a kind of like a 3d beat-em-up kind of like ninja turtles or something it was it was okay but yeah it I also had, had scarecrow <laughs> oh it all it all comes together yeah. i had that vibe of sun Tzu game and yeah it was just kind of run around and be at the bad guys there was no kind of you didn't really need to be good at video games to play it <laughs> i i couldn't wait to get my hands on the game so i bought the novelization too and i read that and uh <laughs> actually it wasn't that bad it was each chapter was a different character's perspective but yeah the, yeah, yeah i mean the cool thing about that game it did have batman robin nightwing and batgirl so yeah. I guess, but other than that, it was <laughs> forgettable. Yeah. Well, there you have it. I feel like there's been a mix of good and bad. Obviously, the Arkham games were amazing, and that's kind of the ones people remember the most for good reason. There's also one that came out with 89 just called Batman, and that one, he had a gun. So <laughs> <laughs> I do have that, actually. I still play it every yeah. now and then. I, can, I can't get past like oh. the second level. Oh geez, those games back like that Batman Returns game like impossibly hard. Like I don't get how like anybody can beat those games. I don't think I could beat it now. Like, <laughs> just thinking about how like difficult those games were. Like any of those games back then. 
Yeah, I think my my wife beat the arcade cabinet for 89. They made like it was different than the Nintendo game that I was talking about. I I didn't yeah. play it, but she beat it, but that's because at the arcade we go to it's like unlimited play, so you can die all you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But anyways, before we get into our big topic, we have a couple little quick updates. The first one um is a Joker 2 update, you know, the uh, Joaquin Phoenix Lady Gaga movie where Lady Gaga is playing Harley Quinn and obviously Joaquin Phoenix is playing Arthur Fleck or Joker. They Nothing too crazy. The director released a new image. I'll have a link to it in the blurb below. You could check out. It's kind of a dreamlike, sleepy image of like Arthur Fleck standing and there's umbrellas and rain. You know, and just kind of a tease and, and and reminding people that this movie is still coming out uh, October 24th, 2024. So we have a whole year, but Todd Phillips just wants us to know it's still happening. Lady Gaga's still in it. There will be some sort of musical component, which makes sense with Lady Gaga being in the movie. But I don't know if you had thoughts on that, BJ. I I wish I did. I don't know. It was really, yeah, him just kind of looking up in the rain. I mean, he's going to get sick. So you better get it. He is crazy then if he's standing out in the rain with no umbrella. But yeah, I don't know. Whenever those images come out, I'm just like, all right, like, cool, I guess. Unless it's like a character like in, a, in like a suit and then you can like dissect the suit. Like I remember that first Batfleck image. Like I remember staring at that for a while. But other than that, not, not yeah. much in this one. Yeah, and that was kind of where I was at. I was on the fence with that. Like, I figured we should mention it, but at the same time, there's not a lot to talk about. It's just, you know, okay, there he is again. You know, it's just like a little tease that, like, although maybe maybe it's just uh, those movies that you are looking forward to, they're not going away. We're still making them kind of a thing because it's now that the writer's strike is over, it's, you know, kind of back in action for, you know, getting the DCU going. but. Who knows? That being said, we had some hot gossip for uh, the ending DCEU. The final film is coming out uh, November, I think, or December. I could be wrong. Um, We've talked about this on this podcast a lot, this movie. I feel like we might have to just rename the podcast for an episode if we have to keep talking about it. But Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom for... This article's purpose, I'm calling it Aquaman in the Lost Weekend. If you know what that movie is, um, good for you. If not, that's okay. <laughs> but there was a Variety article that came out, and I'll try to do this as like truncated as possible. But um, apparently before the sequels even put in production, when they're still even working on the first one, Amber Heard was reportedly going to be fired due to a lack of chemistry with Jason Momoa. You know, and this is long before the her her depth trial and her boyfriend at the time who was elon musk sent a quote scorched earth letter to wb you know basically threatening to destroy them you know if if she wasn't kept on in her role as mira um and you know as they were filming you know she notes from uh her diary and things she talked about with her i think a therapist became public and things like Jason Momoa reportedly showing up drunk on set set dressed as Captain Jack Sparrow, harassing her, trying to get her fired and director being mean to her. 
you know, it's kind of the, you know, it's a very toxic atmosphere and it kind of spells a bit of disaster for, I guess, the PR for this movie that's coming out, which is kind of sad because a lot of the DC movies have been not hitting as well lately. That being said, you know, other related news, no Justice League actors are returning as their DCEU counterparts. That was something that came out recently. And Jason Momoa will be seen again, but he's in talks to apparently play Lobo. So he is getting out of this um, situation, you know, possibly with a really cool role that he has teased before in Superman Legacy. So that's all of that condensed. It's a lot, but we'll start with the first question on the drama. BJ, do you have thoughts on the drama? Celebrities are weird, man. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> get like, like that. Like I, I didn't even know that Amber Heard like ever dated Elon Musk. Like I know I'm not I'm not like into that that deep of gossip or where, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, watching that uh, the the new trailer for Aquaman, like she was in it for like half a second, I think. Like blinking, you miss it. Her being in it, so uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, the drunk on set thing. Like I think like the general audience like really kind of doesn't really pay attention to, to like things like that so i don't even know if like that's going to like affect like the box office or anything like obviously we're talking about it because like it's dc and like we kind of follow these things but and then yeah like it wasn't surprised that all uh, nobody from the old dceu is returning like kind of you didn't have to be knocked over with a feather on that one like I guess the one surprise is Gal Gadot, but once maybe once all these strikes happens, like the writing's on the wall, and it it is it is kind of weird that Momoa is leaving, gonna not be Aquaman and like be Lobo, like like I like Lobo, but he is he is kind of a not couple notches below Aquaman on like the DC character hierarchy. But what are you gonna do? At least it's work for him. Yeah, and I wonder, like, it's such a high-profile casting. You know, and Jason Momoa, like, people love him. It seems like, like he has a really yeah. positive personality I mean, that, like, people gravitate toward. And, like, and that's Aquaman cool. Aquaman like, made what? Aquaman made what? Like, a billion dollars, right? Like, it's yeah. the highest growth movie. And now it's going to just kind of, what, show up in a Superman movie for a few minutes? Like, may, maybe he'll end up getting, like, a HBO Max show or something, but... Which would be cool, but it is it is a it is kind of a step back. Yeah, it is weird, and I think you're right. It's probably going to be like some. It's probably going to be a tease, and then they're going to develop some kind of project with him, whether that is an HBO Max show or like, I don't know, throwing him in a team movie. Who knows? Like, I could see it going either way. But yeah, it is weird to have, and like all the casting, you know, all the people we've cast as like heroes and whatnot who are appearing in Superman Legacy to have like Lobo in that mix is also kind of a interesting lobo's a loud character he's like a big personality he's gonna kind of he's gonna chew up some scenery like i remember him in the cartoon like that's probably my favorite version of lobo like one of my favorite uh like the two-parter justice league is when he thinks superman is dead but lobo shows up like i'll just replace him like i like lobo like interacting like with the heroes and in that cartoon but he he can be kind of grating and annoying after a while 
Yeah, it's funny because I had to remember correctly who voiced him in the cartoons. And I was just like, I thought it was Brad Garrett. And I just had to Google it real quick because it is right. Because I could hear it. But yeah, yeah. it's just, a, it's it's a weird, yeah. when you think about like his career, like as a comedian and everything, Lobo's kind of a weird <laughs> character for him. But yeah, it's like, that's how like obnoxious he was. They had Brad Garrett yeah. screaming every episode. <laughs> He was great in those whenever he showed up in the animated stuff. I always like seeing him, but like by the end, I was like, All right, let's get this guy on his skull motorcycle and get out of here. <laughs> and now I wonder if they're going to bring his uh daughter into the new movie universe. Who knows? I actually haven't read anything with her in it, I'll be honest. Okay. Same. But, oh, well, I think, I think I'm good with one Lobo, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, you got a second? The Batman universe is looking for Batman fans with something to say. If you're interested in writing reviews of your favorite Batman books, or you want to contribute original content with articles like the top 10 forgotten Batman villains, or why dead Didio's exit from DC was the worst thing to ever happen, then we want to invite you to join our TBU staff family as a writer. Just reach out to our email tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net and let us know that you want to become one of our writers. It's that easy. And honestly, there's no reason not to. You get exclusive access to our TBU staff Discord server, you get early access to comics, and you meet a lot of cool people. What are you waiting for? Email us at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net and let us know that you want to become one of our writers. All right, and so now we're back with our main topic of the uh, episode. You know, with Halloween coming up, you know, we've done character discussions in the past. You know, we did a whole ranking series with Riddlers, and that was that was very, you know, mathematical. And, you know, we had a whole spreadsheet and everything, ranking actors who played Riddler and whatnot. Fun episode if you guys want to look back. But, um for Halloween, it's only appropriate we talk about the Scarecrow before we get into discussion points on the character and just offer up things we like and dislike, because there is a story I'm going to bring up that I really hate related to this character, and I can't talk about it enough because I remember reading it as the issues came out. Uh, we'll do some quick fast facts. So for those who don't know, Scarecrow's real name is Jonathan Crane, Dr. Jonathan Crane. He was a professor who was fired for doing inappropriate experience on his students and at large at the university he was working. Um, his first appearance was World's Finest Comics number three in September of 1941. And he is not the first person to use fear gas. Actually, in his first appearance, he used a gun and that was what he used to scare people. He just kind of waved a revolver around and everybody got terrified and that's how he got his way with people. Hugo Strange was the first Batman villain to use a, quote, fear gas. You know, it's not necessarily the fear toxin that Scarecrow uses, but it's something similar or maybe a proto-fear gas, we could say, to Scarecrow's version in Detective Comics number 46, which also came out in the 40s. I'd have to check on the year. But it's kind of the general gist of the character over the years. There have been different uh, revisions to his history kind of delving into like baby Jonathan Crane and his weird messed up childhood and you know whatnot that was that's something we'll get into a little later um there have been 
There has been one other person to wear the mantle of the Scarecrow. That's Adeline Stern, and that's in the Batman Beyond series. But otherwise, consistently, it has been Jonathan Crane, all Scarecrow, all the time. And then, and now, for our first discussion point, I wanted to talk about Scarecrow storylines. And I am going to throw this over to BJ, but do you have any favorite storylines with the character? Uh, just comic books? It could be any media. Like, even if you want to even pick, like, comic and then movie and then TV or whatever, whatever okay. scratches that itch. All right. So comics, I feel like whenever I read Scarecrow on comics, he's always kind of a, uh, like, a backup character, a part of, like, the larger scheme, like, in Hush or Long Halloween, Dark Victory, show up for an issue, you know, throw a nursery rhyme out there, get beat up, and then move on. Uh, but for comics, uh, I was thinking, because you obviously have the, the show notes, and I was looking at it, trying to think in my brain of Scarecrow stories. One of my, I do like, he's not really involved a lot in Nightfall, uh, but I do like, he, he like kind of teams up with the Joker, and like they're almost kind of like a, like an Abbott and Costello, like a little comedy duo where they just kind of like bicker, like an odd couple almost, like they're just kind of bickering at each other the whole time. And I remember, like, then at some point, Scarecrow blasts Batman with the fear gas, and it causes Batman to, like, think about the death of Jason Todd, and then he beats the crap out of the Joker, like, in the sewer before, like, it floods. So I like that moment in the comics. But I would probably say my favorite storyline involving Scarecrow is the three-parter um that leads to Tim Drake finally putting on uh, the Robin suit where he um, there's like citizens going around, like uh, having no fear and kind of like killing people or doing like crazy things. And like Batman's investigating it. And then he leads him right into a trap where Tim finds out it's Scarecrow and then Scarecrow's got Batman hung up and he's like doing all his potions and his fear gas. And he's got spiders crawling out Batman. And then Tim shows up without the Robin suit and then ends up saving Batman. And then at the end uh, becomes Robin officially. So that's kind of more of a Robin storyline with Scarecrow in it. But that's one of my more memorable uh, Scarecrow storylines from comics. It's funny because I was like the Tim Drake one. It's been a really while. I did read that, but it's been a really while, a really long while on that one. Um, but that was one of the ones I feel like they loosely adapted for the animated series for like the season four with Batman and Tim Drake where Scarecrow is, I think it was called Never Fear or something. I could be wrong in the episode title, yes. but yes, yeah, yes. yeah, the one where he takes everybody's inhibitions away and they're all just like doing the crazy Daredevil stuff. And yeah. I'll get to that one later because that actually ties into actors who portrayed Scarecrow. Um, that I really like. And that episode is near the top for me. But uh, the storyline I was going to pick from the comics is also the Nightfall one. And I think it's it's oh. kind of similar along the same lines because you're talking about, you know, how he shows up and does some like nursery rhymes and stuff, especially in, like Long Halloween and Dark Victory and all that. And like, you know, it's eerie, I guess. I don't know. But <laughs> I like the weird design that Tim Sale has. But Nightfall, yeah, it is kind of that weird routine. And I what I like about that storyline too is the way it ends. 
you know, Batman doesn't even catch Scarecrow. It's the Joker, like, beats the crap out of him. Like, after all that yeah. stuff happens in the sewer. And that's how, like, Scarecrow gets left is, like, they have their team up and then they're done. And Joker's just like, I've had it with you. And just, like, pummels them and casts them to the side. And then... Yeah, it's uh, that, that great moment where, sorry, where uh, Scarecrow uh, hits Joker with the fear gas and Joker pretends that he's almost kind of like Jack uh, Jack Nicholson and... Uh, Batman 89 where he like pretends he's all scared and then he goes like psych and then he ends up beating the crap out of him like I remember that moment very yeah. vividly yeah, it's such a fun one and then like my other pick that I thought about and I have to reread this I've been meaning to but it always stuck with me um it was when Batman Begins came out they started doing like year one books again like there's a Rash- Rachel Ghoul one and then there was a Scarecrow one they're both like two issue miniseries Anyways, the Scarecrow one went into like little baby Jonathan Crane and how he had this really crazy religious grandma and like kind of an abandoned dad. And he was just like a sad sack little kid that would eventually murder someone when he was like 18 or something like that. And so it's just (laughs) this little this origin for this guy who's obsessed with fear because he's basically terrified and, and terrorized by it like all throughout childhood. And so it's just, you know, it was. The art was uh, Sean Murphy, who is most famous now for the Batman White Knight, you know, series. But, you know, I really liked the weird piecemeal costume that Scarecrow wrote, uh, wore, not wrote, but uh, wore in that one. It was kind of neat. And it's on the cover if you just like do a quick Google. But, um, yeah, it was cool. That being said, I do want to mention a dishonorable mention for Scarecrow. (laughs) um storylines there is a comic i can't remember the name of the issue but it was one of the issues that made me seriously consider quit reading batman comics for a while it was uh when scarecrow was injected with a chemical that turned him into a scare beast and i think it was a three issue series where there's this giant monster running around like slashing people up and it you know, surprise penguin had like Scarecrow's assistant turn him into a monster. And it was very dumb, very sad. The reveal you saw a mile coming, what you saw it like from a mile away in the first issue of this arc, and it just kept going. And I think one whole issue was devoted to Batman just having a nightmare yet again about Jason Todd. But when was this story written? When did this story come uh, out? It was it was before Under the Red Hood. I'm pretty sure but yeah it was i have to look it up but yeah scare beast was what they called it so if anyone looked that up with scarecrow they could very, very original but... how they come up with that <laughs> terrible oh my god yeah. um but before we move on do you have any storylines from other media outside of comics um Obviously, there's uh, probably I do love the episode. Um, I don't know what's it's early in the run where it's when Dick Grayson is Robin. He's in college, and uh, football what's one, right? Fear of victory. Yes, fear of victory. Yeah, the football one. Yeah, I like that one. It's a Robin story. It's got football. It's got Batman. So it's kind of like all oh, kind of there's sports and Batman combined. So it's kind of like hits all my favorite stuff right there. I do like that one. Like, I that episode. I like the one you mentioned, the Never Fear. 
because that great Batman moment when uh, Robin's got him tied up, and then Batman's kind of like I think he calls him like a little snot or something. Like he really kind of lays into lays into him. And obviously, over the edge, even though Scarecrow's in that for like you know two minutes, but that is kind of like a, the starting point of that episode is Scarecrow. Yeah, and those are probably those are probably like the three most memorable Scarecrow one episodes for me from the animated series. Over the edge, that was the one where like Batgirl was having a nightmare, right? And it was like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He knocks back like knocks Batgirl off the roof and goes there, and then yeah, it sets off a whole chain of events. Yeah, I like that because it gave us that really weird um, BDSM Bane design. Yeah. That I yeah. love. I <laughs> love that design. I thought that was so cool, but we didn't get to see much of it in the cartoons. <laughs> um, but Baldini episode. Of, that's, that's a great yeah. Baldini episode. Yeah. Um, speaking of that Tim Drake episode, though, I'll circle back to um, whenever I read the comics or any sort of media with the scarecrow and like you know reading it or reading synopsis about it the voice that always comes to mind for me is jeffrey combs from that episode he's not the first guy to play scarecrow in the cartoons they actually have someone else um and scarecrow also had like three costume changes in batman animated series but <clears throat> jeffrey combs came in on season four and he has like a very quiet kind of emotionless haunting voice and it came in with this new redesign that was much darker broader kind of more of a there was a noose around his neck and more of like a death mask thing going on but that forever um imprinted in my brain you know how the scarecrow should sound he did actually come back and voice the scarecrow in uh the batman rise of sunsuit game i talked about earlier so call back to the beginning of the episode but um, BJ, do you have a actor or voice that comes to mind when you think of the Scarecrow? Uh, I would probably. I didn't know. Like, I never really knew any of the well, the Scarecrow voice actors' names in any of the show. But there were a couple of them, right? And I think, like you said, like that that last one, Jeffrey Combs, is it right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like he. That is kind of like the creepiest, like. Like that design and voice compared to like when we first see Scarecrow in the animated series is like almost kind of miles apart. Like he, there's almost like a like you can make your own up like backstory of like this guy's been messing around with all these fear toxins. Like he's not even like, like some goofy bag headed guy anymore. Now he's like got the noose around his neck and he's got that, he's just got like a wooden stick cane that he's beating people with. So yeah. And then. I don't know. I mean, I guess we miss out if we don't mention Cillian Murphy uh, or Killian Murphy, however you say it, from the Nolan movies. Like, he wasn't the main villain in those movies, but he always did. Like, he gave a great performance, and like, he was great uh, in that um, in those scenes with Batman and Batman Begins. Like, I like when he was throwing the mat when he takes out his mask on uh, Falcone. Uh, like he's he is fun in those movies. Yeah, no, I do actually like him. He's a really good Jonathan Crane scarecrow. You know, I do I think my only thing was I wish there was there was more of him, even though he's kind of the linchpin that's in all three movies at some point. Yeah, <laughs> kind of... other other than Bruce Wayne, Lucius Fox, and Alfred, like it's it's Jonathan Crane and Gordon, obviously, but they're the they're the only ones in all three. 
true. Um, you know, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but Scarecrow, kind of like the Riddler, is a man of many outfits. He is a very fashionable villain about town. Depending on which incarnation you look at, you can go back to the classic one, which is also the first episode in Batman animated series' design, where it's just kind of a sack over the head with brown and red and then a hat. Um, but there have been a ton of different looks over the year. I feel like artists really get to like take liberties with how they want the scarecrow to look and kind of lean into different, you know, styles of I'll just say decay depending on how horrific they want to go with it. Like even the video games, like Arkham Knights, I have it in our show notes. I have Arkham Knights design, but obviously Arkham Asylum is a completely different design where he's, uh, you know, kind of going shirtless there. But um, do you have any favorite designs? Uh, I'm a simple guy. I think I kind of like stick with like that. Um, I think you in the show notes, like the Tim Sale design, like the Jim Lee design, just kind of a basic have him look like a scarecrow. Like, I don't know. I'm really not into like those Arkham designs where he's shirtless. Like I said, he's shirtless. I don't know why he's shirtless. He's like, he's a twig, basically. Like, he could use a milkshake or a few sandwiches or anything. But then he's got like, he's got like uh, his gloves of just fear toxin needles, which seems tough like um, don't cross your arms you might poke yourself or anything like i'm really not into for any character really like the more extreme it gets like i'm kind of like hey, all right kind of you could have toned this down a little bit stick with his sack and wear his hat <laughs> yeah just like give him a hat give him some straw i will i will say i thought of this like topic just because um when Fear State was coming out, and I have like mixed feelings, mixed feelings on that series. Um, but the Jorge Jimenez design for Fear State was kind of a really crazy departure from the character. You know, you have like he's got like this gas mask and these this crazy like twigs like everywhere, like from his back and like the top of his head, and like it's kind of like this really insane design. It almost looks like he's wearing like some weird Wicker Man outfit, but at the same time, like the way it's colored uh, i think tommy moray mori did like most of the coloring for those issues and the way jorge jimenez draws it it's like really kind of scary and eerie looking like some like guy i don't know how he put this costume together but like some like crazy nut job guy like just with this really intense you know i don't know insane outfit and you know i thought it worked and i thought it was cool and i feel like for most of the designs, you really can't go wrong other than, you know, maybe him running around, you know, with a loincloth and a sack over his head and nothing else on. But maybe it was really hot in Arkham Asylum. I don't know. <laughs> Poison Ivy was also taking things over and she probably needed the heat for her botanical garden. Yeah, it is. He is like Scarecrow's probably on that list of characters where like every artist can. There is no like set definitive like all right, Joker's always gotta be in a purple suit, two face. His suit always has to have one nice side, one bad side, or things like that. But Scarecrow is like the the artist can really kind of go wild and kind of design however they want. Like I'm sure the next time we see a scarecrow story, he'll have a he'll have a totally different outfit from the Jorge Jimenez one. And then 
the next one after that, and so on. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what they come up with next. It seems like they probably won't. Well, Scarecrow's well, actually. I forgot in. about what does it say anything about Fear Estate that that was like the most recent Scarecrow story, and none of us really kind of talked about it. Like, didn't oh yeah, 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 didn't leave much of an impression on us. It was interesting because um, I was reviewing the Gotham War Red Hood number two issue early today, earlier today, and that design pops up again. So I was like, oh, perfect yeah. timing. We're going to talk about this later. Oh. And oh, um, I'm not going to say how I feel about that issue because this will actually release before that issue comes out and you'll have to wait for my review. But um, we can talk about Fear State and <laughs> yeah, my reviews are live on all those and they are um, kind of disappointing. But yeah, there wasn't it was yeah it just didn't really leave an impression on us i mean we both brought up stories from nightfall where scarecrow's a bit character so so yeah what's that yeah fear state not much not much there and i guess that actually i had a different question on here but i'm gonna switch it up because the question i had on here originally was a little too hard i thought and i actually don't have a full answer for it but my revised question is do you think he works better as a major player or a bit player or wait let's rephrase it do you think scarecrow could work as a major villain and they just haven't tapped it right or is he kind of forever best known as like this bit player routine partner yeah so i guess like if you were to give me like all right bj name your top 10 batman villains like i would probably say scarecrow's in there because he's been around forever and like He's in all sorts of media and he's always kind of one of those like first rogues gallery members. But I remember listening to um, Fat Man on Batman with Kevin Smith and Paul Dini back when that was a Batman show. Uh, and Paul Dini said like it was like Scarecrow episodes were, were tough because like do you enhance like does he enhance someone's fear or does he take away someone's fear or like there's only so much you can do with fear like for that character so i and you know maybe like you do need the right writer or creator to kind of tap into that and do something new but yeah maybe scarecrow does kind of work in like like in a log halloween or a hush where he'll show up for one issue you know throw some fear gas and kind of throw batman just a different wrinkle or anything like that kind of throw him off his game just for an issue but at the he's not the main the main villain driving the story so yeah i guess maybe i kind of do like him in a small dose of yeah <laughs> and i think that's like the thing is i was thinking i was like, i was thinking about like my original question was like if you could tell a scarecrow scarecrow story what would it be and it's a hard one to answer because everything i came up with was like well why would scarecrow do it because i feel like him as a person like everything we know about his origins it's either like for personal revenge, like he's getting back at like the dean, you know, <laughs> or like some professors or like some childhood bullies or whatever, or you know, he's just doing it because he can and he's working for someone. He doesn't have any like ambitions. It's not like he just wants a bunch of money necessarily or whatever. Like I think going back to Batman begins, Christopher Nolan using him as like an agent of Rachel Ghoul, just kind of sowing discord and having like the city rip itself apart. Like 
I feel like that's kind of one of the better avenues you can do with that character, you know, because he's interested in watching what happens, but it's not like he's like, oh, I'm going to like run this city, you know, when I'm done with this. Yeah, I, I don't think, think he cares. Even, yeah, even in even in Begins, I think like like Batman asks Rachel Gould, like why Crane? And he's just like, oh, he he just wanted money. Like he thought we were only after money or things like that. But like, no, we obviously have bigger plans. Like he wasn't even in on the main plan. And, yeah. Like, like and i think back to that tim drake story i mentioned like scarecrow doesn't even show up to the last page of like the second issue and then he, he's the main villain like i think he's even doing that just like someone hired him or whatever to like kind of just mess around with the city or he just wanted to do an experiment so yeah there is it's scarecrow is one of those villains like he is kind of it's almost like riddler-esque or it's like one note really where like Riddler's always going to leave a uh, riddle, or Scarecrow's always going to have someone with, scare- with fear gas. It was really not much to do, but like in the hands of you know a great writer, like they can make something special. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what they do next if they use him. It seems like he's going to have some involvement in Gotham, or at least it seems like all the villains are going to kind of get together and do whatever it is they're going to do. I don't know. This is our call out to Matt Reeves calling you out right now. Let's see what see what you can do with, <laughs> with Jonathan Crane. <laughs> but even that, like when we say like, oh, who would you want to see in the Batman part two? Like, I don't think we've ever kind of brought up the scarecrow. Maybe it is kind of recent from begins, but like no one ever kind of brings him up. You know what? You know why though? I think because I did think about it, because we did an episode, yeah, way back where we talked about like a lot of that. I think it's because like Paul Dano's Riddler kind of rode that line of like, you know, terror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even that, like, I remember, I think we talked about that too. We're like, oh, would we want to see Hush? But like, Paul, even Paul Dano kind of did some like Hush moves of like going back into the Wayne history or things like that. So even that was kind of like, geez, Riddler's kind of got, like you said, he's got some terror tactics and some Hush tactics. And, you know, at the end, we see him laughing and singing in the in arkham and he's laughing with the joker so now he's gonna be full frank gorshin maybe like who knows yeah i mean i guess we'll see what some else worlds looks like because they are doing that batman 89 follow-up comic starting next month where scarecrow and harley quinn will be the villains so that's true they did always he was i think he was always pretty much rumored if they were to do like a fifth of those 90s batman movies like i think he would have been the villain yeah but oh well <laughs> somewhere somewhere in the multiverse is, uh, <laughs> yeah. that movie um that pretty much wraps it up but before we close out this episode um i realized that we should have been thanking our um sponsors and patreon members on the site and i have been bad as a host in not mentioning that so before we wrap things up i would like to Show some bat fan appreciation to Lisa Slack, Ian Miller, Josroa Lepin Bertone, Rob O, Stephanie Mounts, Donovan Morgan Grant, Stanton's Grave, Ed Grouse, Captain America. Thank you, sir. Caspian 73, Johnny McCluskey, Jessica Morales, David Richards, Donald Townsend, and Brendan Roberts. And if you would like to join uh these members of our 
bat fan group and get exclusive app access to these episodes before they drop. I will have a link below where you can sign up and get your name on the appreciation wall on our site. Um, visit us at thebatmanuniverse.net for comic reviews, movie news, and more. Want to chat with us? Hop on the Discord link also below. You can also write to us at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net, and we'll respond to your comments on air. If you like these episodes, please subscribe, rate, and share. Um, for BJ and myself, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.